Good morning, Professor Dilip Menon, Professor of History in the Department of International Relations at Wits University, who every fortnight on a Thursday talks to us about emerging economies with a special focus on India. I hope you've been well, sir. I've been very well, and you? I'm very good, thank you. Uh, our, our first conversation that we want to talk about, I want, I want to mirror uh, events uh, in uh, the African Union Summit uh, this week, where um, a observer group uh, of Israeli diplomats uh, was exited from that particular meeting. So there's that's right. one point. And I contrast that with the growing relations politically, mm-hmm. diplomatically, and also economically between India and the state of Israel. Also, major investments by Indian companies into uh, Israeli infrastructure. That's right. Actually, ever since the uh, Hindu nationalist government came to power in 2014, we've been moving, India as a country has been moving towards closer relations with Israel, which is very different from the time that I was growing up as a child in India. So one of the uh, manifestations of this is the recent acquisition of the Haifa port for uh, 1.2 billion US dollars by Gautam Adani uh, teaming up with the local Gadog group, uh, agreement presided over by the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. What is interesting here is that in the last installment with Cape Talk, we had spoken about how Gautam Adani's group is facing a huge crisis because of the Hindenburg report, which hinted at uh, short selling, insider trading and so on in the group. And the Adani group had lost a huge amount of money. But with this deal, they seem to be back, uh, bouncing back into uh, public favor, uh, also setting up an artificial intelligence lab in Tel Aviv. And uh, the Prime Minister Netanyahu actually spoke rather sentimentally about the fact that Haifa as a port had been liberated by Indian soldiers as far back as World War I. But all that apart, this is significant for maritime traffic between Asia and Europe. Uh, the Haifa port, if it does come up as a significant one, will uh, help to avoid these choke points around the Arabian Peninsula. So uh, many things here to talk about. Mm. Um, I want to move to Seattle now in the United States. Seattle becomes the first city in the U.S. to ban cost uh, discrimination. And and why Seattle in in the U.S.? Well, because North America uh, is becoming uh, one of the major centers where um, Indian migrants now live. So Seattle uh, becoming the first city in the U.S. to ban cost discrimination businesses it prohibits businesses from discriminating based on cost with respect to hiring tenure promotion workplace conditions and wages says the statement in front of me uh, released by the seattle city council yes actually here to a bit of history in the 1960s as uh, affirmative action policies began kicking in in India, large numbers of upper caste departed for the United States, uh, which had then begun to open up to uh, white-collar professionals. And so uh, the, in the 1990s, as uh, IT and, uh, became a, a kind of crucial growth sector in the U.S., large numbers, again, of upper caste found a home in uh, Silicon Valley. So both in California and in the city of Seattle, there have been attempts to actually uh, deal with the fact that most of the companies which employ upper caste Indians 
have tracked or startups started by upper caste Indians have been discriminating against uh, lower caste and untouchable groups who found employment in the U.S. Seattle becomes the first city uh, to prohibit businesses from discriminating based on caste uh, uh, promotion, uh, wages, and so on. Shama Savant, who is a city council member, who is the only socialist, incidentally, to be elected as a city council member since 1916 in the U.S. So this reflects the common histories of caste and race in India and of ideology. In January 2021, interestingly enough, the California State University system added caste as a category in the categories of discrimination. And subsequently, Harvard, uh, Brandeis, one of the prominent liberal arts universities, have also followed suit. At the heart of this are a group, is the group called Equality Labs, which has been fighting uh, to introduce caste as a category of discrimination in the U.S., given the fact that 4.2 million Indians now live in the U.S., and a large numbers of them, and a large number of them are from the upper castes. And then finally, Dilip, um, we're talking about climate smart wheat. Now, we're not talking about wheat uh, uh, that has gotten some sort of uh, cognitive <laughs> ability to do uh, complicated uh, uh, fractions and, uh, and, uh, and write literature. We're talking about using technology in wheat production, particularly when it comes to mitigating against climate change. Yes, actually, global warming has actually brought this issue to the fore that one has to be able to develop uh, strains of grain uh, which are heat and drought resistant or tolerant. And so there's been this increasing attempt to, uh, 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 what is it, uh, bring together forgotten wheat varieties, the existing wheat varieties. So one of the early uh, developments of that was that of Jabal, a uh, durum wheat which was uh, mutated with a wild relative from Syria and is now planted all over Morocco. The Indian Council for Agricultural Research last year, uh, continuing into this year, has been carrying on experiments on Pusa Ahilia, which should be protected from the heat waves of March, which allows actually uh, late sowing uh, till as late as December and January and uh, despite the fact that March, April, May are going to be the hottest months, the grain is expected to survive. And the prognosis is that if uh, if temperatures do grow up, I mean, do go up as a result of global warming, 10% lower yield is what we are looking at. We don't develop these heat-resistant varieties. So India seems to be on the same path as Northern Africa and the rest of Asia. Insightful as always, Professor Dilip Menon, Professor of History at the Department of International Relations at Wits University with our Emerging Economies feature with a special focus on India. Thanks so much.